Hey, I'm Mike Myers, and this is the Songwriting for Guitar podcast, which is geared to support songwriters and producers to gain confidence and turn pro. I bring on industry experts to help you improve and monetize your skills, engage better in the writing process, and build healthy habits to create a sustainable career that you love. Caffeinated, inspirational, conversational. Hey, what's up, friends? Mike Myers here with the Songwriting for Guitar podcast, episode number 82, co-writing is for everyone. Now, this is something I talk a lot about. I talk about the benefits of co-writing. You know, if I hear someone hasn't co-written before, I'm like, you got it. You absolutely have to do it. And if I hear someone say like, I had a bad co-writing experience, I have questions because I bet we can figure it out so you can have great co-writing experiences. Or if you're someone that's done it, but you're looking to scale it, if you're looking for better co-writes, I I got answers to that too. And in this episode, the wonderful Heather Taylor's with me and we put out a questionnaire to our songwriting guitar community asking like about co-writing. And we got lots of questions. Heather's picked them and she's going to, you know, rapid fire, going to pick my brain about it. And this is great. So if you're someone that is wondering, how do I get started when it comes to co-writing? What are things that I should or shouldn't do? How do I manage awkward conversations? You know, what's the best way to approach someone for a co-writing or an artist? How do I scale it? And how do I preserve my co-writes and, you know, build even long lasting relationships that end up turning into great things? All of that. If you've wondered that, this is the episode you got to listen to because uh, these were seriously some awesome questions. I want to do more of this. So we're going to jump into this episode. Episode number 82, co-writing is everybody say it with me is for everyone michael myers how the heck are you oh can i tell what a nightmare first grade was with the name michael myers and halloween (laughs) and just being just like this kid that had no idea what they were talking about and older kids being like michael myers killer and just being like Hi, that's my name. I don't know what you mean by that. And just being this very (laughs) confused child that grew up for a little bit as a very confused adult. And only now. In many areas, I can be confused. But in this area that we're going to talk about, I feel pretty damn good. How are you, Heather? Heather Taylor! I'm doing awesome. I have a very big espresso cup. I know. And I am ready to talk about co-writing. How many how many espressos co-writing? is that for you today? Three. That's an appropriate amount. That's what I it's think. It's one o'clock on mm-hmm. a Friday afternoon. I'm celebrating. This is how I celebrate you guys. I was gonna say More how coffee. much coffee before you, you joined <laughs> Songwriting for Guitar, how much coffee did you drink? You you ruined me. <laughs> no, I would drink like uh I'd drink like a cup or two maybe. Yeah. But I like to say it's increased. It's it's definitely increased. Like I'd even have to drink a cup. Yeah. In a day if I didn't like if I didn't want to <laughs> or I, if I, I wasn't ha- feeling it. <laughs> and now I, it's like all day every day. All day every day every day every all day, day every more day. more 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 more. You got to drink it. You got to drink it more more more. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, so how many are you on right now? I mean like yeah, surprisingly, this is only my third. Um, so I had two. I had two cups, and then now this is a big thermos full of coffee. Which I actually, I, I've been doing this a little bit more because I watched a video. Uh, we had Stefan Egerton from The Descendants on, like a while, like a, awesome a, like a while ago. But amazing, amazing. But then I saw a video of him talking about the coffee habits. The Descendants did a video about like how they do coffee. He gets a huge thermos too. And then he puts it in a pitcher and just saves it. So it's off the burner. So it's not burned. He was like, I'll drink cold coffee, but I don't want burnt coffee. And then Carl, the bassist, has a massive, massive thermos and he just fills it up. And I'm like, if it's good enough for the descendants, I mean, it's then good. It's, it's got to be good enough for me. Good enough for this for this killer over here. For this one right here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Well, we're going to talk, talk about co-writing. Um, because co-writing is one of the, it's like one of those things that you understand could benefit you and there, there are huge benefits to the workflow, the amount of songs you could potentially get done, but the starting of it 
is intimidating. There's a whole lot of thoughts that people have. And so we we really kind of put a uh, kind of like a questionnaire about co-writing. What is your fear? What are you, what are your questions about co-writing? What is your fear of co-writing? What are you worried that's going to happen if you co-write? You know, so we're going to you've got a huge list, a massive list. <laughs> I have I have a good amount of questions, so I'm only going to pick a few from there, but yeah, we asked people in our community and I also asked other coaches in the, in the community what they thought. So I would like to listen or ask you what your thoughts are about what their thoughts are. And we (laughs) will go from there because yeah, you do a lot of co-writing and you always talk about, you need to be co-writing. You need to be co-writing more and Mm -hmm. you need to be co-writing quickly. Now for like a beginner, this could be a little intimidating, like, Oh "Oh, wait, okay. So I've written by myself and, and I maybe have written in person with other people, but like, now, if I want to take it seriously, if I want to monetize this, how do you do that? How do you even attempt to write a song with somebody in two hours? You know, that that's a big mystery. So that's what we're going to dive into today. Do you have any thoughts right off the front end about co-writing and um, any main rules that you abide by? Yeah. So the first thing is if you hear me talk about co-writing and I'm like, yeah, usually a co-write's finished in like, you know, we finish the initial structure, like in the first hour, hour and a half, and then start to refine. Realize that is after a whole, like, I probably start co-writing, not in a band sense, but actually individual rights taking it seriously, like around like 2016, 17. And I didn't, and I, I have not written a song by myself probably since then. So and you been, don't miss I, it. I, yeah, it's just like that's – no, be, because – so a couple of things. So realize that's the process. So it, 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 it slowly developed over time. I didn't uh, off the gate start writing in under an hour or two. What it usually took a lot longer because one thing that I would probably go back and tell myself is watch who you're pairing yourself with. Because initially I just wanted to co-write, 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 and I was filling my dates and my books with schedules. And probably people look on – if they're on Instagram, they're following all these songwriters and they're posting all these co-writes. So it seems like people are always co-writing. But limit and think about who you're pairing yourself with. What is your skill set? What are you going to bring to the co-write? Uh, people say, I'm a songwriter. That's cool. But like what part of songwriting do you feel is like your strength? Are you – do you do melody? Do you do lyrics? Are you doing – uh, the music side of it, um, and you should probably pair yourself. You should probably pair something together. Like if you're doing melody, it makes sense musically. You're going to lead, uh, at least in my mind. Those two were just kind of together. It makes sense if you're going to bring in a lyricist. Cool. What kind of lyricist are you writing for? An artist? Are you writing for licensing? Because if you bring in someone that does a whole lot of country and you're bringing them in for licensing, it's probably going to be a bad match because. They're going to be very descriptive. They're going to be very story-centered, and it's not going to be very universal. Vice versa, if you bring in – you want to go country, and you bring in a lyricist that's more sync-driven, they're going to be more broad, more general, more more like, oh, let's focus on one moment and not the whole story. So probably a lot of the bad co-writes I had was due to my not thinking about the pairing, but just being like, they want to write. They want to write. They want to write. They want to write. And those songs mm-hmm. didn't – really nothing happened with them. Now, do you regret doing those songs or at the beginning of your co-writing journey where you kind of like, okay, I kind of just need to get some practice under my belt. And that was, that ended up being a good thing so that you could focus or would you, are you saying this now for people who are starting to be like, just skip all of that? Probably. Yeah. I would say skip that. It was definitely, it was good for me because then I started to develop a process and realized halfway, oh, I'm pairing myself with the wrong people. And then I fixed the problem. So it's good that that happened because then I became aware of it, but allow my mistake to now be the thing that you realize, oh, that's what I need to watch because will that set you up for, you know, is it better to build a good relationship with somebody over time writing a whole bunch as you're growing together with the same purpose and the same intent? Yeah. So allow my mistake to be the thing that you learn from. I love that though. What you just said was um, grow with people too. I think that is something that um, beginner co-writers can realize is that there are other people like 
that are kind of at the same level as you with the same goals that you can grow with. Yeah. And I've seen it in the community too, where people are like, I've never co-written before. And, and I'm talking about like an insider's track and um, even in just guitar essentials for the modern songwriter, people are getting together over zoom and just writing like that and are making a lot of progress. So it's not that you have to start co-writing and then you have to immediately shoot for like writing with Selena Gomez or something. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, no, you can, you can grow with people and it's good to, like to aim for people kind of in that same area with you so that because it's cool. There's a lot of, uh, I guess, like grace where it's like, hey, I'm growing. You're growing. We're going to go easy. We're not going to be like ugh, harsh on each other. It's like, hey, we're going to it's creating a team, too, and kind of learning and sh- uh, sharing with each other. And if that happens, that's where you can have some really good partnerships that could be like years, years and not just just like a one-off song, which is not the intent of co-writing. At least for me, it's not the intent. Some people may think that, but to me, it's like, mm-mm. I, if I'm bringing someone in the circle, I'm thinking, cool, we're going to develop something over time, and then we're going to have a nice body of work that we're building up. Now, who is your longest co-writing partner? Uh, you know what? It would probably, M- Madeline Finn would probably be one of them. She's She's one of the definitely there. I would still say, you know, it's funny because, yeah, Heather Evans, too, is another one. Lainey's getting up there as well. Um, those, to me, those are the three that kind of stick out, which makes sense that I brought them on this coach because those are people that I've connected with. Josh Sewell, in terms of mixing, because there was a lot of projects in the beginning. I felt good in the co-writing stage. I felt good in the production stage, but then I didn't feel good in the mixing stage, so I just brought him in. And we shared a percentage, and that just made things go so much faster. Like the mm. the song, I because my focus, I could develop my mixing skills, but I could really then we could get songs out very quickly. And also, there was a standard. There was a standard, so it was like we were able to pivot and say, like, here's basically a full song built out. Can you just mix it well? And you're like, yeah, I can do that in my sleep. And you weren't spending money; you were just Mm-mm. including people in on the percentage fold, which is such a great idea. Yeah, I just it worked out that I just didn't have money too. <laughs> yeah, which a lot of musicians are like yeah. that. And so it's like, and that's the thing too. Just give up if you realize that you're writing more and more, and you're building that framework, you're building that team with that co-writing. Then you're not thinking about like, oh, we only have three songs, but you realize, oh, we got lots of songs. So it's like you're not, you're okay with giving up a little of that percentage because you're not holding on to it. Like this is all we have. Because mm-hmm, you know there's going to be more because you've been writing for a long time, or you mm-hmm. will write for a long time, hopefully. Yeah, mm-hmm. one of the um, co-writers that you mentioned, Heather Evans, one of yeah. her suggestions is to don't just jump in, but get to know each other. That's something that you you say a lot, too. So that makes sense about why you guys have been writing together for a long time, because you started off well. Well, it's, you know, when we met, it was the pandemic, too. So it's like, you can't just go into a riot and be like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> it's just like, let's just write a song. It's just like, uh, and even then, like our correspondence via Instagram, which I always joke with Heather, which took a little bit because one message and then there was this long period where I didn't hear for for like a month too. And then <laughs> I was just like, you. and I was like, hey, are you still interested? And she was like, oh my God, I did this. Absolutely. And I was like, awesome. How about this date? Then there was like three weeks period. <laughs> but then I, re- you know, and then once I got to know Heather, you know, she's a mom. She's got, you know, got two kids at that time. She was, I think she was still in Sacramento and she was like, yeah, you know, and we were like, man, this pandemic is insane. And we just talked about, you know, probably that front end was a lot of talking. So I think even before you set up a co-write, it's okay to just book a time over Zoom, literally just to talk. Um, think of it almost as like an interview. You know, you can find it. You, can, you know, we all go like, you know, I got this vibe or I got this feeling, whether it be good or bad, you will in that Zoom kind of pick up if, are they easy? Are they chatty? Are they just a very like, nope, this is how it is. Because if if you're not like that, you can already potentially see there might be some issues. If you're more of a free-flowing person, it's not that their perspective's wrong or how they, they just need to be paired with somebody that is more aligned with that way of creating Mm-hmm. Um, want to go and get get things done. Yeah, and it's mm-hmm. for for me. I'm the same way. I want to go and get things done, but at the same time, I'm just like, 
I realize my end is I better be flexible a little bit. So if they're like, hey, I like to write, you know, I like to have a track or maybe a little bit beforehand to listen to before we meet. Cool. I'll do that. If they're very much like, hey, I want to be there at the, you know, ground floor of this building. Okay, we'll do that. So I think for my role, I've tried to be adaptable over time. And I think that's what made those rights with Heather really good because I just, you know, in the conversation, I saw what her process is. She's very much, you know, Hey, I just want to get the song out really quick. And then we can talk about BPM. Very little of me was building out anything. And then it's different with Lainey. Sometimes we're doing the full song, but there are other times I may pull something up and she's like, Ooh, yeah, there we go. With Maddie, it's, 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 I'm surprised we get anything done because now it's in person. <laughs> she shows up. It's basically 20 minutes of petting Leela. And then, <laughs> and, then, and then she gets in here and she was like, okay, what are we going to do? And, you know, it's a very kind of like, here we go. Let's just, we look at the body of work we've done. We decide like, cool, let's do something that's more like this, but let's maybe look at this angle or, you know, she'll come in with weird projects. Like when she was like, Hey, listen, I have to do a cover of ACDC and I have to make it like dark haunting and orchestral. And I'm like, that's weird. All right, here we go. So that, so it's like all three of those have a little bit of a different flow. Um, but you have to, I guess you can either be rigid, you can be chatty, or you can just, I like to think of me as kind of like yoga. It's just like, I feel very <laughs> flexible creatively in whatever process needs to happen. I think that's awesome. And yeah, those all your co-writing experiences, when I hear about them, they seem like dream co-writing experiences for a lot of people. So how would you recommend even setting up a Zoom in the first place and like being like, hey, I like what you do. I kind of want to co-write with you. Do you want to just like chat or yeah, how do you approach somebody who's... It, it, it's kind of like, it is a little bit like dating. It, dating. It's just like, yeah. it, it is a little bit of dating. I would say, too, if you're going to use Zoom, my biggest advice, just get a paid version of Zoom. Please don't run off of the... Oh, are you calling me out right now, Mike? Um, (laughs) Well, luckily, you can log in with my account. So it works. (laughs) It works. Um, But yeah, don't use a a free version of Zoom because if the first impression is like, okay, you've got to end and then you send me a... And then it's it's just going to be... That's just already... That's a little too much. So get a free, get the paid version of Zoom. It's super cheap. It's very, very cheap. Um, the other thing I would say is have some good lighting beforehand. I mean, you see, we haven't even gotten into the call yet. It's just like, what is the presentation going to look like? It's really, I think we've gotten a little too comfortable in Zoom where we mm-hmm. feel like we're watching TV. And so when mm-hmm. I see people eating, when I see people slouching, when I see people with weird camera angles, when I see people... Uh, just, to, you know, just not creating a space that feels welcoming. Mm-hmm. It's going to be weird. Think of them. If they came to your studio, would you have food on the floor? Would you have the lights shit? off? Yeah. Shit, lights off. Would you be sitting in your bed with the laptop and looking down? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like that. So my biggest thing is think about, it doesn't have to be a fancy camera. You can still use your laptop, but put it on a desk. You don't have to get a crazy you know, set up for mic, but, you know, have your AirPods in, you know, or have like a little USB mic that you plug in. They're super cheap. Just something that they can see and hear you clearly. Mm-hmm. And if so it's prep. just, yeah, just prep, just make it look and then do a test. That's what's great. You can record it and just be like, what is it going to look like on that other end when they like clock it? Is it going to be weird yeah. and freaky? It's just like, it, it needs to look slightly presentable. Pro tip. That's just it. So it's like, this is even before meeting. And then when you meet with them, don't talk all the time. Uh, You know, be like, hey, it's so good to meet you. Um, You know, I'd love to know, how'd you get into this too? Because I thought I was, you know, find something to connect with and create that ground of conversation. And that you're actually curious about. Yeah, that's the thing too. Because co-writing sometimes can be a shakedown. Where if somebody's like, Hey, uh, you know, I want to write with you. You know, this is great. And they're talking about like, do you want to, if they're talking about like, would you want to release this cut? And it's only, you haven't even written a song yet. That is so uncomfortable. It's Mm. so weird. It's Mm -hmm. the, I just don't like that. Um, 
even in some retreats I've been, you know, I remember writing songs and one person asking the artist that was in the room, like, would you cut it? Would you? And I'm like, oh, don't ask that. Don't mm, ask yeah, that. Wait. So then just, wait to be approached? Then? Yeah. Would that be that the advice? Yeah. It's just wait till you have yeah. a song and wait till you have a couple. See if before you like you, it. Yeah. yeah. The, before asking, like, do you want to like release? It's just like, uh, listen, you're not going to shit gold at first. It's just it's like. It's I don't know about you, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Maybe if Leela accidentally eats some, that's the only instance I'll see it. In but it's like, don't assume that first. The first couple of rights too are going to be, if you get to that point, are going to be where you actually develop stuff. Because the first couple, they're okay. But the next couple, that's where you start to get into a rhythm of how you communicate with the other. But asking them, hey, what you know, what, what are you doing with music? And what, what would you love to see happen? Because... If they go, I would love to get a publishing deal. I think a publishing deal would be awesome. I, you know, that'd be amazing. And you go, I would love to release more uh, songs into libraries that are one stop. Okay. That is a little bit different because Not then if they work. get a publishing deal, then you have to go through the publisher and it's not going to be one stop and then it's going to be a pain and it's going to be annoying. And it's like, so you can either be like, okay, well, maybe, you know, we could try, right? But I don't know. You know, I want to be clear. You know, I may be looking for this, so I foresee a problem. If that's okay, uh, and you know, we may have to come to a, a certain point where we, you know, we may have to talk more about this. Then talk about your roles. What are what are your strengths? You know, if they have anything you can listen to, that's always super helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, being prepared, but even before asking, but being prepared going into a co-write and knowing their strengths is really important because you don't want to like. If they're a great producer, you don't want to go up to them and be like, hey, do you want to produce something in a completely different genre? I really like your style. I mean, that's going to be that's going to be hard for them. And it's going to be it's not going to turn out great, especially if it's going to be like a first co-write or something. It's probably not going to turn out well. And you're going to be wondering why. So it's like just, you know, talking on that front end and then deciding from there. Cool. I think this would work really well if it works really well. Awesome. Let's book a date and get that down. And that's where you, you know, create a little Zoom link. You email it to them. You put in your calendar. You get a notification. And then you got to prep. Are you going to be thinking of title ideas? Are you going to be thinking of reference ideas? Are you, how, how does that prefer person like to be, prefer communication? Because at the beginning, it's probably just going to be email where you just kind of send a few ideas back and forth. Hey, what are you thinking? So basically you're setting yourself up when that right starts. You're not spending the first 30 minutes deciding what should we do. There is going to be a level eventually, and I mean way down the road, where you get comfortable enough that you can have that sort of casual casual approach because you've created a large body of work with them. You understand what you do, and then you can have those like – if Maddie comes in and she goes, hey, I'd love to write it. You know what? Crazy got placed a lot. We should do something that's kind of like jet, like that again. But maybe let's do a different angle. That's fine. But that's probably not how we wrote in the first like, you know, 10, 15, 20 songs. It was very mm-hmm. just like specific. This is what we're going to do. We picked days too where if she was in town, we did a batch write where it was like we did, you know, one song and we took a break got something, came back, did another song, took a break, came back and did another song, took a break. You did a session last night with Jasmine Valdez, another co-writer of yours. And um, she was talking about uh, that exact same thing. Like before, she says, before you put any words down on paper, know your song's story and your audience. And so you have to talk about that together before you do anything otherwise, it's going to completely change the tone and the timbre of the whole thing. Oh, it's going to suck because you're going to be thinking like, oh, this is perfect for da-da-da. And this other person's thinking about, oh, this is perfect. And the, and it's being stretched in two opposite directions. And you wonder why nothing's getting finished. And you're frustrated because you think oh, – them they're just ruining the song and they're thinking it's them it's ruining the song it's it's actually both of you because nobody talked at all about what's going to happen i think it's because people think like writing a song is it is inspiration yes but it's like it's you're just not going to magically sit there and a song appears it's a lot of talking things out 
and a lot of people don't like to talk out, there's a lot of silence that creeps into co-writes. And the more you let silence creep in, it gets longer, longer. It's like a, it's a couple drifting apart. And that's why it feels like that. It's, it's just like, I used to know you. You used to share all your ideas now. And then it just, it just drifts apart. And I think that's also a, where somebody has to speak up and be like, cool. Either, and this takes a very brave person to be like, listen. You know something's going on right now because I don't think the song's happening. So let's let's take a let's pause for a second. Either we're going to restart on something different, or let's take a look at what we need to do differently, and maybe pick another day and just start fresh. That's such a good suggestion, and the bravery part. I think a lot of people are going to be like, "Yes, I need to be brave in order to do this," and that's a that's one reason why somebody needs to be brave too. Is like. What if it goes off the rails? What like that was even one of the questions from one of the community members. What is the best thing to do if you and the other writers do not know where to start with a co-write? Like even starting and then, you know. I just hear that there was no talking because they assume mm-hmm. the co-write starts when they just decide and book a day. But really it's that back end of just talking about what you're going to do, sharing ideas, really getting – you know, finding out how that person, I don't know, you know, there's visual learners, there's, uh, and then there's people that prefer like a PDF with text, you know, mm-hmm. and it's the same thing. Well, how does your co-writer like to think about ideas? Do they like to hear a little bit of something? Do they like to hear a little bit of something with a reference track so that in their mind they can paint the picture a little bit so that if it's a lyricist, they can be like, oh, I can get the visual imagery. I can talk about – I'll think of some descriptive words. If they are like the artist, do they prefer having a melody, something they can sing? Do you know their key? Have you listened to what they've done? How, did you even talk about that in the front end? Because I talk about keys at the beginning before and I'm like, what keys do you like to write in? What do you do? And if they don't know, I'll try to listen beforehand. And then just kind of go through some songs and be like, oh, okay, so the, this is the key. This is the key. There we go. Cool. We've got something to start with. So you really have to know what is their form of how do they like to create uh, because how you create may not necessarily be how they get their ideas. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah. All all that, like whoever's listening, like go back, repeat that because that was <laughs> a lot of gold right there. <laughs> there is another question. I think we already answered it, but is it good to write with people who have different genres in you? Yeah, we already answered that. So it's like maybe a slightly different genre is okay. Like if you do dark rock, you can kind of go into dark pop or something, but you don't want to go from like Americana all the way over (laughs) to, you know, whatever. (laughs) Build, build a something first before you start to like then branch out to other things. The only time that I've done something that was out of my zone, but it was kind of in my zone, was there? I did two songs with Tamara Bubble. One was super hip hop and rap, which is not my forte at all. But my contribution was a guitar loop. That was it. That was it because Mm -hmm. she was like, I want like a cool little guitar loop. And I was like, cool. I sent two or three to the producer and they took it. And did something completely different where I was just like, what? <laughs> and the nice. only other time was when she wanted to branch into things that had more kind of like boot stomp rock. And she did a little bit of like rap over top of it, which then got used in Shameless. But that's the only time I would say out of the hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of songs, that was the only time that I kind of branched out a little bit. But again, it stayed in my comfort zone, which was a guitar. Right. Yeah, there was but, nothing yeah. I had to go with. I just asked key, and that was it. I was like, "What's your key?" And then all I had was a blank template, and I just played some guitar riffs, and that's it. And I just sent a couple off, and that's all wow. my involvement was. Yeah, and that worked because you had had so many other co-writes. You knew your yeah. voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's Mike. I just wanted to jump in the middle of this episode. Let me guess, you are a songwriter that is never short of ideas, but you've got a million voice memos. You've got them all categorized there. Tons of voice memos. Well, let me tell you something right now. You want to level up your game. 
But I'm going to be honest, those voice memos, you can't show those. What you need is a better, a better recording, a better version. That means you have to break open your DOS. So whether it's Logic, whether it's Pro Tools, whether it's FL Studios, whether it's Ableton, here's the thing. It's overwhelming. It's confusing. It's, it's daunting. It's, it's so crippling. That's why Madeline Finn, one of our coaches, has a free series, DA 101. So all you gotta do is go to songwritingforguitar.com and you're gonna scroll down to our free resources and you're gonna see DA 101. You're gonna click it, you're gonna sign up and she's gonna take you through the process of how to record a fantastic guitar vocal with, with minimal stress. It's gonna sound way better than your voice memo that you feel great that you can show off to a producer, you could show off to a publisher, you could show off to your co-writer. You can f convey your ideas much more effectively with a quality recording. So songrankforguitar.com, scroll down to our free resources section and sign up for DA 101. What advice do you have for songwriters who are only interested in pitching their songs to other artists and wants to make the most of their career in that way? Yeah, so you kind of touched on this earlier. So if they only want to pitch to other artists, mm -hmm. would you would you write with them? Or would you just say, oh, it doesn't look like we have a good matchup if you don't want to write for artists? Well, if you, and it depends on your role. So if you're someone that's like a songwriter, well, everybody's a songwriter, but if you're more of the producer type, more of the melody type, it'll be easier, I think, to find someone uh, that is an artist that maybe you want to gear for. It's, you know, the ones that are the higher up, there's more gatekeepers and they already have their team of people that they really love writing with. And mm -hmm. that's kind of why I kind of stopped doing eventually like country a little bit when I was doing because it was just like why are we pitching this to like you know Kenny Ch Kenny's already got the people like are we gonna like you know melt the door break in <laughs> just, it's just like no so it's easier to find people that you can go out to and see in a uh, show in a small local show or a writer's round where they're kind of they're their work ethic is visible because they're doing all these different rounds. They're playing, they're playing, they're playing, they're out there, they're showcasing the songs that there's no gatekeeper that you can easily approach in a non creepy way. I should say mm. it, this is a big mm -hmm. thing. I think for dudes, you have to realize, even oh, yeah. though you may be a non creepy dude, if you're approaching, you know, a female artist, don't, don't just don't be creepy. Don't say creepy things. Just be complimentary, be polite, and be aware that they probably get tons of weird guys. They're kind of being like, hey, that guitar is cool. You know, just like, what are you doing after? Like, just being mm -hmm. total weirdos. Mm -hmm. Don't comment on somebody's look. Don't <sighs> comment on looks ever. No. If you want to have a professional relationship with a female artist, don't ever do that. Just mm -hmm. like... <laughs> it just that's don't. a basic it's... rule you should comment on their talent on their abilities on their yeah. bravery of performing in front of like uh you know if like something happened or something it's like hey i love how you handled that situation in this you know like always go to something that they did if you if you want yeah. to not be creepy you know like engage as a human that's the big thing it has to not be creepy I have so many um, opinions about that. <laughs> yeah. I, well, that's the thing too. I just don't think, you know, as a dude, sometimes I just don't realize it, but then I realize, oh, wait a minute. I'm coming from the perspective, like I'm being sincere. They don't know that. They've had, you yeah. know, a bunch of different experiences of weirdos and guys being like, hey girl, that's pretty yeah. cool. Like you're pretty right. sweet. Like, oh, you know how to play that thing. That's pretty cool. That's impressive. Well, yeah. Let's get together to write quote yeah. unquote. And so- your goal is to just, you know, say something complimentary and be like, hey, you know, I would, you know, I'd love, to, you know, to maybe get together for coffee and talk about potentially right or just talk about something. You know, I always like to say, you know, either a public space or a Zoom where it's like they feel like, OK, cool, that they have an out. Yeah, <laughs> so right. They, they feel can, like, like exit. They, they mm -hmm. feel very I'm not saying like, hey, come on over to my studio. Come on over to my play. You know, none yes. of that. Yeah, um, good point. So I think that's a big thing if you're approaching, you know, from the dude center of approaching a female artist, 
But in general, if you want to write with an artist, write with someone that is approachable. There's no gatekeeper. You can easily just walk up to them. But also to make sure you're matching in the genre. It, and if they said yes, what are you going to bring to it? And what are you going to bring that's going to make their thing really good? Nobody okay. cares if you – and I mean this in the nicest way. Nobody cares if you're just like, I write good lyrics. They don't know that. Do you have anything to share too? Do you got like – do you got like a little QR code they can scan so they can see like some of the things that you've done? Do you have anything? If the answer is no, I would say it's not that you can't write for artists, but maybe just not yet. Wait until you have one or two things that you can share with somebody before you just go up and you're like, hey, I want to write for you. And they're probably going to ask – cool what have you written and if you go nothing (laughs) then they're gonna be like okay cool well my right they may say politely like either they'll be blunt and they'll be like i don't really do that or they're like oh things are really busy right now see ya (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) just like peace so that's my thought you can write for artists but don't be afraid to just start writing first and get that wheel turning um, especially if you know the genre and the style that you want to create a lot of. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another coach, uh, Josh Doyle says, get to know one genre really, really well. Like get to know your genre really well. And then you can, and then start branching out, but then at least, you know, one thing and you have found references and you know, your style and you know, your lyrical writing style and everything. And then once you have a really good perspective, then then you're going to have more confidence and you're going to identify people who write in that style as well. Yeah. And it'll be more natural, right? It's, you have to write a lot. And when people are like, well, how much? A lot. Like if I wanted to write something that was like, I don't know, like it's not something I write a lot of like Dua Lipa. I need to write like a ton, like 25, 30 songs, 40 songs, like a lot. I can't assume that in five I'm going to understand the formula of them it because it's going to feel very much like a formula. There's no heart. There's no soul. There's no creativity. There's no big chant. Those are things. Or if I wanted to be like, oh, I want to write, you know, people joke about Nickelback. Yes, I could make something that's like, you know, but it's going to feel it's not going to feel like that. There's something that they're doing. And I can't understand that within two or three or five songs. So I think there's sometimes people underestimate styles and genres thinking like, oh, I'll get it in just a couple. They wish they could get it in a couple. You really have to sit with it and you have to write a lot of it because you have to realize some of these people, this you can't accumulate what they've built up in their entire life. You're trying to do that in like three or four songs? Mm-hmm. Nope. Not going to happen. So yeah, if you do end up writing in a different genre, it's with a co-writer, then just be honest mm-hmm. about about that. It's like, I haven't written a lot in this, but just so you know, (laughs) just so you you know, you can try. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's definitely that thing of really knowing that genre and just staying with it for Mm -hmm. quite a while and being patient with yourself. And that's why it's good to find co-writers. They're at that same level because you are going to find that amount of patience because they're going to be like, man, this is new for me. We're going to do lots of learning together. We're learning together. We're learning together. Yeah. It's true. (laughs) Mm. Heather Evans also says, be confident in what you bring to the table and also ask what the other person's strengths are and lean on those and encourage them in their strengths. So that goes right along with what we were saying. And I really like that advice. And yeah, once you do, once you know your genre, then it's like being confident in that and pumping yourself up about it, I think is probably a really important thing. Keep on practicing. How do you prepare for a co-write, Mike? As a as a producer, from my perspective, it's again t- still talking. And so in this case, I know all of them really well that I can send them a text. And once we have a date down, cool. What are we going to do? What are we? Gonna, you, do you have something in mind? Like because sometimes Heather Evans is like, oh, my God, I got this brief and it's going to be so good. I'm going to send it to you, and this is what I'm thinking. I'm like, cool. That now I know what to do. Um, with Maddie, she may be like, hey, I have this idea. She may send me a little broken kind of like little voice memo or something. I'm like. Oh, that's cool. Uh, Jasmine is usually like, "Hey, what you know? What what what? Do, whatever we want to do, we're, we've been on this dark haunting streak, and I think that's just going to continue." With Lainey, she's like, "Hey, I have all my releases set up for the rest of the year and ne- a bit of next year, but I want to wor- write something that's like da da da, like exactly like it kind of has this feel." So all of them know what 
to convey, then it's up to me to whether it's a Zoom, if it's Zoom, then making sure the Zoom is set up, that my audio is set up, that I've got loopback, we've got a Google Doc open, I've got my dial open, they can hear my guitar. Everything is clear and it's good. I'm on time. I'm there just a little bit before. So it's just like punctuality matters, vice versa. If they're coming, if they're coming to my studio, is the place organized? Is it set? And then I'll have the dot open. I'll have the mic on. We'll be ready. I have a Google Doc up here. Uh, do they like coffee? Which everyone does. So I'm like, well, there's a fresh, there's a fresh pot of coffee on. It's all good. <laughs> it's organized. Um, I don't look like crap. Uh-huh. Like I'm like slightly or like I look like I just tried a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean that again, I don't mean that in a bad way, but these are things that I think some people just like skip over because mm-hmm. they're so like, well, we're going to rest. I'm like, yeah, but how you're holding yourself, how you're, how you are presenting yourself actually does matter. Um, and then also to for any of those co-writes, whatever has happened for the rest of the day, figure out where you feel is the best time that you function. Because sometimes you may be Pro booking tip. co, you may be booking co-writes at an at a time where it's just like you're not performing at your best. You're actually mm-hmm. you're you're just gone. Mm-hmm. People don't think of that. Now, if you're a beginner and you're mm-hmm. not with uh, people that you have been co-writing with for a while, I've heard you talk about song starters before. So would you, if you've already had a Zoom with a co-writer, would you take that concept and then do a song starter? Would you do a few? Would you? Yeah, I would because if it's a brand new co-write, you want to eliminate the sort of nerves that probably Mm -hmm. each person, especially if you're both brand new to it, you're already kind of like... (gasps) You, you kind of want to impress them too and you and they want to impress you sure. that's the thing too yeah. both you're both you both want a good song and you want to yeah. you want a great outcome so realize that don't don't be worried about you know I don't know if they like me they're probably thinking the same thing I don't know if they like me I hope yeah. they like me so the idea to break the at least to me some of this ice too of kind of pulling us out of our heads and actually into a space of creativity is like how much can we create that allows our mind to go where it needs to go? And so a song starter could be as simple as you do a couple chords on the piano. And then there's like, let's say it's like more of a ballad type thing or haunting thing. Cool. Some slow chords. And then maybe there's an eerie sound underneath that just gives a little atmosphere so that they can listen and be like, Oh yeah, it kind of puts them at ease a little bit, but also allows them to get in the space of like, Oh yeah, I can see that. If you're writing something that's more indie rock, cool, then just throw on just like a few chords or maybe a lick or something or some sort of drum beat that kind of paints the energy level of what you're trying to create. I think those can be so good at just pulling us out of our heads and into that creative zone and also feeling like we don't have to carry the full idea because if you just have chords, sometimes it's hard to think of like, okay, what would this sound like with an eerie sound or you know, what would it sound like with this? Those song starters are great ways of communicating and getting ideas off the ground and moved into a direction that eventually is a full song. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that idea. And I like, I, I personally write like that. Like I like hearing the possibility first Mm -hmm. and then I can dive into the vibe. So you say, don't let any, any sound or like any silence um, enter the co-write, right? Um, so yeah. when you are showing like the the song starter and like looping it over and over, are you both humming to it or what What does that kind of look like? Yeah, it is. It's just like where sometimes if they're here, then I just loop it and uh, I'm like, so I'm thinking like maybe I, if there's no melody yet, then I'll usually just be like, what about something like that? And then it gets them kind of nudges them to just then start saying but then you'll notice too you may have to do that in the beginning if that person is very self-conscious because Mm -hmm. both parties are going to be self-conscious so it's just like everybody is thinking they're thinking of ideas in their head but they're not saying it the thing with co-writing is you have to get comfortable just saying it and allowing it to yeah because we we want the idea to be perfect we want so we're refining the idea before it even comes out of our mouth with yeah. co-writing, you you want that filter away so that you just it's just you, whatever it is. Because if you don't do that, then the other co-writer can't play off of it. And so that's why what's great. You don't have to finish the idea. You can have a half. 
you can have a half thing and then the co-writer kind of plays off that and goes, oh, that's awesome. I also love because there are moments where you say something and they don't hear you correctly and they go, oh, that's a great idea. And then they say the thing and you're like, I didn't say that at all, but that's really good. I like that. And yep. then it's like, wow, wouldn't that suck if I didn't say that? If I just filtered it, we'd still be stuck here. Good point. I am so, much funnier yeah. in people's minds than I actually am. I'm always, they're like, oh, is that what you just said? Ha ha ha. I'm like, yeah, nope, not at all. <laughs> I well, you just said, you. <laughs> you just said it's going to be a sunny day. No, I actually said raining hell and fire. <laughs> but never mind, never mind. Let's go with good day. Let's I think that's that. even Let's better. I love that. that. But I think that's the benefit. So it's, you know, when you're doing this, yeah, if I have it on loop, I am just kind of like, hey, what about this? 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 Until they go like, ooh, and then they start playing off of it. So it's like if they automatically talk, awesome. But if they don't, then I'll get things kind of rolling. And if I feel we get to a spot where we had some rolling and then, uh-oh, this could mm-hmm. potentially be like a part that like gets us hung up, I'm usually either throwing ideas or being like, hey – you know, since we kind of got what the verse melody is, don't let's not worry about the the bridge yet. Let's just let's just go and finish like make some changes to let's do verse 2 and then maybe like that'll give us an idea story. So it's always not freaking out <laughs> about always like we don't have that that's a big pro- <laughs> don't freak mm-hmm. out like but it. act super casual about it and just be like mm-hmm. hey that's okay we can get that That that's fine that's no worries let's just do this because this part's great and sometimes mm-hmm. that's the other job of a co-writer is just to build the other one up for a little bit because mm-hmm. it's going to be the roles are going to reverse there are going to be some days that you feel like you've contributed shit and you right. don't feel good about it and the other person they're going to go into oh, are you kidding me it's great like this is awesome hush you're fine and it's like that sort of that's how it needs to be. Um, mm-hmm. That that's why it becomes enjoyable, and not like this constant like nail biting. What's next? What's next? I don't know how they're mm-hmm. going to act. If you're constantly mm-hmm. feeling like that, then there's not enough communication, or you're not clear enough about the idea and what your intention is with the song or your roles. Like the ship's not being steered, and you're just going around in circles. Well, yeah. What I'm hearing from this is a co-write should be fun. Mm-hmm. loose, energized. So if both of you can get to that same page, then you are gold. So a lot of prep work, a lot of just friendly back and forth, and and then just keep on rolling with it and keep on encouraging each other. And yeah, who would not want to write with you at that point? That's if <laughs> you are encouraging, if you're positive, if you're, if you're energized, you know, then you create good ideas together. I love that. And that's the thing. Some people may not want to write with me because they're like, that's not how I write. And sure. I'm like, that's cool. But the reason you have to be so like this or so open on how you want to do it is because that will then also pull in the people that you should be connecting with. When you do mm-hmm. a fake facade, don't be surprised that you start attracting the wrong people. Yeah. And it's just like, well, that's not how you are. Mm-hmm. So of course you're going to, if you're pretending to be this, you're going to be attracting that. It is like dating. It's just like, why am I doing this? I don't want this. It's like, well, yes. then don't do that. And then you'll be extra nervous because you're like, wait, I don't know how I would respond to this. And I know this could sound overwhelming to somebody in the front end because it's yeah. just like, it's a whole, and it is, it can be, and I'll acknowledge, yeah, it can feel overwhelming. It can feel like, where do I find these people? Where do I do? I mean, that's why I, I love that people that are in the insiders are connecting with other people Isn't in the insiders because cool? everybody's doing licensing. That's mm-hmm. their focus. So it's not like somebody's going to be like, I'm trying to do that. They're connecting and they're also pairing strengths. They're also aware of that, which I think is huge um, because yeah, that's essentially that. how – Yeah, it's it's really good. But the benefits, you're going to get a lot more songs and you're going to – you're going to have somebody that's also doing the thing as well because there are great moments and there are frustrating moments. And it's even better when you're maybe down and out and then they're coming in and they're kind of like looking and they're like, Hey, is everything okay? 
you know, because there have been times where we haven't done a co-write. Like we were just like, listen, yeah, we don't have to do this right now because like you're not feeling it. So let's just go get something to eat and then we can just reschedule it. You know, and not flipping a lid and be like, oh, this was supposed to be a riot. It was supposed to be like that. You know, it, that doesn't get you anywhere. Because, again, they're it's just supposed kind to of, get a hit. Yeah, we're supposed to get a hit. And it's just like, and I think now that idea of hits, it's just like, that's not a thing. It's just like you want a lot of good songs that can have lots of legs, do the thing that you want to do. But having a solid relationship. I think one of the worst pieces of advice I got from somebody was like, even if you, you don't get along with the person, keep on writing if you get great songs. And I was like, no. <laughs> if you don't get along was, with the person, you're not going to be yeah. able to navigate those hard spots then. That's someone that's it's just like, and I'm like, you know what? That may work, have worked for them. That's maybe how their disposition is and mm. how they just mm-hmm. kind of deal with it. And yeah, maybe they can, point. but for me, can't do it. I'm sorry. I want to talk to you. I want to, you know, kind of be a little goofy. I want to, mm-hmm. you know, I yep. want you to, you know, you know, be relaxed and I want to be relaxed. I don't want to be on edge all the time. I don't like that. I drank too much coffee to be on edge mm-hmm. wondering like, oh, should I say this or should I just wait? I, right. It's just like, what is that? So if you're someone that's still new to this and you haven't tried, please do because you're going to be robbing yourself of some great experiences, um, good friendships great songs and potentially grow like, you know, uh, people that can also help you in other areas because, you know, their contacts become your contacts. Uh, when you have something awesome, you're going to invite them in. It's a very, you know, there's reciprocation on both ends, which I think is really, really good. And if you've had maybe one or two rights that didn't go well, think of go back to some of the things that we listened on the prepping side on the the communication side because probably there you're going to see there was some sort of breakdown there was something that just that didn't happen which then caused the whole thing to fall apart but now you know what to look for so go do it again so do you think that everybody who writes songs can co-write yes and should yes Fair. <laughs> That's it. Everybody gets a co-write. <laughs> you get a co-write. You get a you co-write. Get a co-write. Get a co-write. Get a co-write. I, I think it's, yeah, it's honestly too, because you're also robbing yourself of really cool tricks that you could be doing. Because there have been so many times I've seen someone do something uh, or I've seen somebody. I'm like, I've seen somebody do something. Like I've in watched someone, I've watched someone do something in a right, whether it be production, whether it be, a lyric, whether it be a melody thing. And I'm like, oh, that is really good. I'm doing that for like the next 20 songs. That's mm. really cool. My well of ideas and skills got better just because I was in the room with them and watched them do the thing that they were really good at that I could be like, oh, that's really cool. I'm going to add that in. Um, and also, too, they helped me with language to understand things. Like Lainey was really good at explaining. She was like, uh, it's like, let's do the part that's static. And I'm just like, what (laughs) she was like you know rapid fire and you know and then you get and i was oh and then just that whole that whole language of top lining helped me and i feel like vice versa when it comes to production i'm happy to help someone understand things that are that they can communicate ideas more effectively so it's like we kind of share those skill sets in that language to help the other person out in other co-rates that we have nothing to do with but then they suddenly have language to go in for other things which i think is good that answered the next question, Mike. It was, mm. how do I effectively communicate my ideas during a co-write? That was perfect. So do you have any other thoughts about that? Like, how do you, how do you effectively communicate? I think in one of those things is like, keep on learning, keep on learning the language around songwriting and keep on learning different methods. What I love about all, all of the people that I co-write with, they all do some sort of better education and advanced education continually. Cool. There's mm-hmm. no stop of like, well, I did this. And so that's good. Keep learning, kids. And so they're they're in courses. They're reading. We're geeking out about it. Like, oh, did you read this? Oh, that's really good. Oh, I was listening to this part. Oh, that's really good too. Are you going to this workshop? Like Heather was here in Nashville wow. for this one. And so I, it's like that, that sort of – I because I also feed off of that energy of people that are really like 
trying to better what they're doing. They're taking that course. They're going to that conference. They're doing this thing that I'm like, oh, that's cool. That motivates me to not get complacent and be like, you Mm -hmm. know, I was in a punk band in 2009. We were in the neon days of, you know, let me tell you. (laughs) Did I tell you about the time we were on the Warped Horse? It was pretty (laughs) sweet. We were in the catering area. And then I was in a band and then the band died. (laughs) And it's it's none of like, I'm not experience. I'm not right. Riding off of that that one time or that one thing yeah. or that, but I'm constantly like, oh, I've been reading this new book or I've been, ah, oh, it's really cool. I'm taking this new course. It's really exciting. They're all doing some sort of advancement, but the best way of communication, I think, is just simplifying it. Can you explain, if you're trying to explain an idea of why this matters, give it context. So if, uh, you know, if you're not, you know, let's say you're t- explaining uh, why you need to lessen the lyrics in the chorus to, uh, you know, uh, you're the melody person, but they're the lyricist and you explain, well, listen, it's because like in the verses we have lots of, you know, there's rapid fire, lots of them. The listener needs a break and I can break melodically and I can like actually arc the melody up, which is great. And it's going to create contrast between the two. Se- to me, if you can just explain why people are more likely to find that ground of like, oh, okay, now I get it. Instead of being frustrated, sometimes you may have to even simplify it even more and that's okay. But just explaining your idea or using an analogy, regardless of how silly, if you think it is, like if you feel a co-write's not going anywhere and you say something like, I feel like, you know what, it's also on me too, because I feel like nobody's been steering the ship. We're kind of like just going around in circles. So, you know, I don't mean to be done, but one of us has to take control of this. So what do you think? Cool. Now you've created using an analogy, a little bit of a dialogue and don't be afraid to simplify. And, you know, if you're going to start to use technical terms, like I never say anything about DBs or it's just like, Yo, I'm going to EQ and take the high. I'm just going to be like, I'm going to make this more watery. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's more what like just say things that like don't assume they know your language. So just like simplify. Super simple. I like that. And then it doesn't make them feel like if you are that like you're on a different, totally different level or something. It's like, oh, now I need to be like even better than I am because they obviously have so much experience and all that stuff. So, yeah, that's another point of making it a little bit more friendly and loose. So like if I know they have a musical background, cool, I will use chord number progressions and be like, yeah, we're doing like a three. But if they don't, I'm not going to sit there to tout like. Oh, I know that that's a six four three or then two four two. It sounds like I'm just saying yeah. area codes two four two six because <laughs> that's what it sounds like to them. They're like, "What the hell is he talking about?" Yeah. So it's like, yeah, don't yeah, use yeah. that as a position of inferior. Inferior. Yeah. Always try to bring it to a level that they can understand because this, if you can bring people into a level that they understand. They get your vision. They get what you're trying to do. It's always when it's just this inferior, inferior complex or you, the ego creeps in that, that that's where there's a lot of separation writing and that doesn't do anyone – that doesn't help them and that doesn't help you and your reputation. What do you do? What do you do when you find yourself going into a co-write and you are feeling like that, especially for beginners? Like, oh man, I am inferior, quote unquote, in this. How do you stop that? How do you stop yourself from, if like you can't go, you're about to go in a co-write and you're feeling like that. Mm-hmm. Do you have any advice for people? If you've done the prep work, it's okay. You prepped. You prepped. If you did those steps mm-hmm. of like, cool, I prepped the Zoom link. I got the I got the Google Doc open. We talked about some of the ideas. You're just feeling that, ner- but you've done that. The prepping is there to, as a little cushion because it's a little extra like boost of like, cool. Nuh-uh. You prep. There are lots of people going in right now cold that you chose to prepare. The other thing I would say is you have to start somewhere. If you're thinking I'm going to wait and accumulate some knowledge, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait and do this. I'm going to wait and do that. I'm going to wait and do this. You're going to always look for an excuse. And if you go like – if you go, well, this is how I do it. Uh, This is how I – this is – you know, I don't like to do – They overcompensate with that. (laughs) If they're like, don't overcompensate. (laughs) If you've looked at, if you've maybe had a few rights too. And so maybe this is, uh, now I'm kind of steering a a little bit in another direction. But like, if you've prepped enough, 
yeah, the, you realize that's just the voice of just that it'll always be there. But realize you've done the work to prep for it. It's okay. Just go in there knowing you did. And there's lots of people that haven't. So it's like you're one step ahead. Yeah. Uh, if you're someone that's had lots of rights and it hasn't produced a song, it hasn't produced anything, what I would do sincerely is stop and think about, okay, so where was the breakdown? Because usually when you're pointing around at other people, it's that, well, it's there, they haven't, I find that they're, and you realize you're using a lot of that language. This is where I'm like, okay, I think it's a you thing right now. Maybe you need to be a little bit more flexible in how you create. You um, probably are overcomplicating the process a little bit and people are really kind and they don't want to tell you that. That could be really tricky to humble yourself like that and to then uh, get get back up again and try again. You know, it's like just because like something didn't go well doesn't mean mm-hmm. that you have to give up. You just have to keep on learning and keep on going. And you're going to be even more liked because you're like, oh, all right, I have room to grow or – I, I think, yeah, if you can, if you can realize that that's a huge growth spurt, that's a huge of like quieting the, and be like, oh, you know what? It was me. You know what I would probably do is go back to those co-writers and be like, Hey, listen, I just want to say, I'm sorry. I'd love to write with you again, but I looked and you know what? That was all, that was me. That was, that was my bad. Wow. Yeah. That would be, that'd be that's a huge. relationship building. That is it is. I think that's a huge trust thing in a in a co-writing relationship when someone says that because they're like, oh, "Wow, wow, they said that like they really mean." That's huge because not a lot of people stop and go like, "I was wrong." Like I was a jerk. Like that's crazy. I can't believe I did that. Um, some people are just so hard headed that they just don't want to admit that even when they know it. And so they just kind of move along. And when they mm-hmm. see that person, there's just that awkward moment. But think <laughs> of how much you could, but this is where I would suggest to do that because people talk. Yeah. People talk. And Good point. even if you don't write with them again, just kind of like touching base and being like, Hey, you know, I just want to say like, you're awesome. At what do you do? And I feel like, I had a lot of learning to do and I realized like how I handled certain situations was not good. That's huge because then when your name comes up and that person goes like, oh, you know what? It was, it was, you know, they were, they're really good. You know, I really think they're, because that's a sign of bettering. And I think that's a big thing too, because people talk, people talk. <laughs> for good or bad. Yeah. And that's why people are scared about co-writing and stuff. But, like, I feel like we have touched on a lot of different things where it's like, okay, you might get in this situation. Mm -hmm. But if that happens, then you can pivot like this. So it is a lot of, like, being like water and, like, being very giving and flexible. It is a lot of that because if you do the same to someone in the sense of giving them that space and that – that ease of like, hey, it's okay. It it is reciprocated. Mm-hmm. Good co-writes and good co-writing relationships. It's reciprocated because yeah, there are days you're going to be on fire and days that you're going to be like, you're sitting there with like two sticks trying to be like. But then meanwhile, they got like the Zippo ladder and they're like, it's all good. I got this yeah. one. And then you're like, <laughs> because there have been songs I've gotten like placed that. that I look at it and I'm like, what did I actually do in this one? <laughs> I think I did like uh, maybe a little bit of a melody or just an idea, but it was like that one. I just didn't, you know, I, that wasn't a day that I was <laughs> hitting them out of the park, but then vice versa. There have been ones at place where I was like, yeah, I carried a good amount of that, but I'm not like, and the scorecard is my carry. Right. Shit. Yeah. Oh, you owe me this one. No, right, that's right, not right. how it works. <laughs> Three, two, one. Yeah. Go. You do it now. Mm. <laughs> That's awesome. I I feel like those were the the really good questions that I that I that I liked. <laughs> um, those those were the questions that I that liked. I liked. I feel like um. those 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 went. It was a good spectrum of whether you're a beginner. So if you're still someone listening, it's like this is all good and I understand this. But what what are like three things I can do right now? Number one, what are you going to offer if somebody asked you to co-write? What would be the thing that you're going to say? Number two. Can you pair that with anything? So if you're someone that's melody, could you do that with guitar? The reason I talk so much about 
guitar and why it's important for songwriting is because there's always a need for it. There's a need for people that can communicate effectively with their guitar. Um, you can always do melody and lyric. And I think those are great, but there's that's a huge – sometimes the best role to fill in co-writing is like where's the most need? And to me, it's always been like if you can communicate with your guitar effectively, you find different ways of taking one chord progression, being able to uh, you know, paint different emotions and feels with it. If you can do that effectively, the door will always open and it will never close ever. So yes, think about your, your strength. Can you pair it with something? And also too, just be kind. Those are three things you can do right now. And mm -hmm. right there, if you work on those three, not only will you find people that you match with, but people will also be like, oh, you're also really good. Like they'll start, you know, good people attract good people. They're kind of connected. That's, that's, those are my thoughts. Yeah, those are really good thoughts. And if anybody has any other questions about co-writing, please leave a comment. Uh, and we can answer that in another podcast or even on the social media. Yeah, I'd love to do another one of these. We can do another kind of like Q&A kind of things because I think this was fun. Yeah, this was really fun. Thanks for having me on the podcast, Mike. Thanks for asking questions, Heather. You're welcome. And that does it for this week's episode. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode and any of our previous episodes and you haven't given us a review on Apple Podcasts yet, can you just take a moment right now, scroll down, give us a five-star review and talk about your favorite episode and share an episode with a, a songwriting friend that you think would benefit from the things that we've shared. And if you have, thank you so much. You're the reason why we keep on putting out amazing episodes like this one and the one you'll hear next week. And like all of them, they were edited and produced by Chris Vifalius. I'm Mike Myers. Thanks for listening.